0: That was the Schefter bomb heard all around Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin, a big fan of Justin Fields. How much weight does Adam Schefter's opinion on things and inside information carry? Well, enough on the DraftKings Sportsbook to make the Steelers the favorites to get Justin Fields. Updated today, Justin Fields. Which team will he take his first snap with in the 2024 NFL season. Steelers plus 110. Bears plus 150. Third team is the Falcons at plus 550. So really, the odds makers think there's two realistic options for Justin Fields. He's either back in Chicago or he's suiting up for the Steelers next season. How about that? And you can bet on this now. This is not... Some silly, like, made up prop that got emailed to hosts and, like, hey, talk about this.
1: Well, it did get emailed to hosts anyway. But this is one yeah, that you, no, can you can actually
0: bet on. bet on. This is, you can put thousands of dollars on this and make some money. And it's something that the sports books want to set a good line on because they're really not in the business of losing money. Correct. So just let's go around the room here. What's your reaction to us just not playing Schefter sound bites and. You know, throwing things out there and seeing if we can generate a conversation. This is odds makers and insiders saying they think Justin Fields will end up with the Steelers when it's all said and done. Chris, you can start here. I mean i I don't. I certainly don't dismiss it out of hand and say this is clickbait
1: because I think Schefter. I go back to Schefter saying it on McAfee's show. I think there is a major impetus within the ESPN walls, despite Pat continuing to kind of make headlines occasionally for picking fights with other media members to make that show a huge success and make it worth all the money they paid to get the rights to run that show. Uh, So I think Adam is not only putting stuff out there that he knows is going to be explosive, but I think there's a credibility factor. He wants to put stuff out there that he thinks is legit, that he thinks has a good chance of happening. Um, let me put it this way. I think there's it's real. I don't think people are connecting dots that don't exist when they say Mike Tomlin loved the guy coming out of Ohio State. We know Mike likes guys from that school, even though that school has a bad history of, of producing quarterbacks that Stroud looks like he's going to to kind of vanquish. And maybe most of all, you know what I want it to be? I want it to be true. I actually want it to be true because I am more than anything. So I guess that's my real take here. I want this to be something that happens mainly because I feel like when I if I watch the Steelers run it back next year with a new OC who we kind of know wants to run the ball so a lot of the same basic principles insulate Kenny Pickett and do that for 17 games I already feel like I know what the outcome's gonna be eight and nine nine and eight or ten and seven one of those three, if it's the better end of that bounced in the first round of the playoffs by a team with a better quarterback and then say what? One more year of Kenny? We don't pick up the fifth-year option? We let him play it out? I don't want that. Give me Justin Fields. Can he make a huge leap? And then the decision is we have to pay him or not pay him. That's what I want to see. I want something different. I want high-end talent. He does have that. I also would like to get younger at the quarterback position. I will point out again, trading for Justin Fields would be doing that. Not only do I think there are real legs here and steam and smoke where they're, you know, to this whole thing, I want there to be. Because I just want something different now. And I want I want the opportunity. I could squint. Let me say it in a cleaner way. I could squint and see a Justin Fields-led Steelers team making noise in the playoffs. I might have to squint pretty hard because he is hardly a polished product or a sure thing. But I feel like they'd have more of a chance than they would if they just go into the season, they bring in Ryan Tannehill like people are speculating they will, and they just more or
0: less say, same old, same old for us. Pittsburgh, what is your reaction to the Steelers being the odds on favorite to get Justin Fields? 412 928 9370. That's 412 928 9370 before he answers those phones. Donnie, why don't you chime in on this?
3: I mean, I think now we're at the point where it's a little bit more real. Like Schefter went out there and said it. It's not just, oh, here are the, the, the local radio guys just kind of. Uh, speculating what quarterbacks they could go after. Flapping their gums. Yeah, because they're not satisfied with the guy that is there now. Like, there are there are big, big-time insiders around the NFL. I mean, Schefter's got to be the biggest that are putting this out there, like, on a show on ESPN that they want to uh, gain a lot of traction. They, they want to get a lot of views. I know it kind of panders to that crowd more because – those guys are from Pittsburgh. Half of Pat's guys are Pittsburgh guys, as he is. This also, not the first time the Steelers have been the betting favorite to land a player. Like, I I, I tried to pull it up quickly. Like, they were the favorites at one point to land Tyron Matthew a few years ago. They were the favorites to uh, get Shaq Leonard whenever he got let go, briefly. So, it's not like this is the first time the Steelers have been the, the name at the top. Uh, there was, who was it, DeAndre Hopkins. They were like the favorite to trade for him, uh, I think, a season or two ago. So not the first time that we've seen them on top of the list. But the odds have never been looking the way they have been. Like, you could be the favorite and still be like 3-1. to one No, this is even money. It's plus
0: 110. They're saying I, there's a 50-50 chance it happens. I,
3: I even saw somebody throw it out there a little bit after that. I, I think it was after I saw your tweet. They were less than even money. It was like minus one twenty five. Yeah, find out what sports point.
0: book that is. That said that, they're basically saying the Steelers have the same odds of getting Justin Fields as the Chiefs did of winning the Super Bowl. Right? I mean, that's yep. if you just go by the numbers. Steelers, the Chiefs were
1: plus one hundred. I would know that because I made that bet. They and, the are straight straight up one, up and the Steelers are plus The
0: Steelers are plus one ten to get Fields.
1: Barely more unlikely than the Chiefs <laughs> were to win the Super Bowl. That's more more likely. I think it's to drive it home, Pony. Sorry. More likely that he plays for the Steelers in the eyes of these betting houses than the
0: team he's currently with. Right. I mean, what's my reaction? 4129289370? I'll compare it to something. This feels to me like where we started the Eric Carlson's Penguins trade rumors. Like, oh, wait, big time insiders are starting to say this could happen. Well, that doesn't seem realistic because they don't have cap space. The guy is a no-movement clause, and he's making a ton of money. But then. Okay, well, how many suitors are there, really? How many teams does Eric Carlson want to trade for? And before you know it, we were down to, like, two teams.
1: And then the one team had Brent
0: Burns, and we knew he didn't want to play with that right. team. Right. Because so of that. So, this list, I think, is instructive. The teams that are listed with the Steelers, the Bears. So, the Bears are going to tra- take Caleb Williams. It's a matter of would they really want to have Caleb Williams and Justin Fields on the roster together? That would seem counterproductive. Given the way
1: Williams Camp has has kind of handled things, like his the the messaging that's gone out, I think Caleb Williams expects that he will be drafted number one and he will be the man in that town from day one. It's instructive too that the Steelers are ahead of both the current team that employs Justin Fields, and then you know why the Falcons are on there in part. That's his hometown. Uh huh. He's from Georgia. But they're all the way down at five to one. They do need a quarterback. I think it, it speaks to I think people's opinion collectively. On the Mike Tomlin, Justin Fields, like that, that not love fest, but the fact that Tomlin is a big fan of him. That them. is
0: a very real thing. Um, but Atlanta has the eighth pick. I mean, they could easily, if they wanted to, they could take J.J. McCarthy or Bo Nix with their pick. They wanted to take the fourth quarterback in this draft. That's on the table for them. It's mm-hmm. not for the Steelers, probably. New England is the fourth team. They're picking third. They could take Daniels or Drake May with that pick. Denver is next, all the way down at 12-1. to 1. Uh, Justin Fields really doesn't strike me as a Sean Payton quarterback. No, Sean Payton I, I, was linked with Drew Brees, the most accurate quarterback in NFL history. Now he's going to want to sign... A guy who has Kenny Pickett's completion percentage yeah, so far through I, his I career. Just, I, that seems highly unlikely, Chris. Fact, it's like, I think it's more likely that the Broncos swing a blockbuster to get into like the top two or three. So that's what I mean. Like There's just not a lot of teams... That I think are quarterback hungry or needy and covet fields. We know the Steelers like the player. The head coach, who is the biggest name, the face of the organization, has a uh, uh, has taken a shine to the guy. Uh, the fewer teams that really want him, make the asking price go down. Go down, yeah. Supply and demand principles. Like the th- the thing about this graphic that I tweeted out that I liked that I like is. It really illustrates the the Bears' conundrum with Fields. They're going to take Williams. It doesn't make sense to keep both guys. Mm-hmm. And who's out there that wants him? There are teams that need quarterbacks, but many of them because their seasons just sucked are in are in position to just draft somebody. And the, it's it is probably smarter. It's probably smarter to draft a quarterback and have the four years guaranteed plus. The fifth year option at a very cheap price than to give up a draft pick and have only one guaranteed year with a guy. So that's why uh, Daniels and May and McCarthy. They're more attractive options because those you guys have a are longer all, runway.
1: You're not right. throwing them into like boiling water succeed immediately. Yeah,
0: and Fields has failed a little bit in the NFL. Those guys are coming in with a completely clean
1: slate. Also, teams, I think most teams... Now, I think it was instructive that we brought this up on the show yesterday. The Steelers are very married to their pre-draft projections on a guy and opinion of a guy when he might become available after he's played a few years in the league. I don't think most teams would do that. They would see a guy who has had some failures, obvious ones in Chicago, and say, eh, damaged goods. There are warts. Well, but the Steelers, I think, because we brought this up yesterday, that they love their pre-draft projections. They don't necessarily get away from them. I don't think they would see warts. I think they would see... They screwed. Now it's ridiculous that a team that just employed Matt Canada for so many years would feel this way. They'd say the Bears didn't know how to take advantage of Fields' strengths. Now with Arthur Smith in the fold,
4: we do. You know, at the end of the day, this is a business. You know they have to make the tough decisions, and you know my job is just to go out there and play my best. But um, you know it would mean a lot just to you know, get that confirmation from them, and um, just really send a message that they trust me to um, you know lead this team and you know, be the quarterback for the Bears.
0: Justin Fields has not gotten that vote of confidence from the Bears. The expectations are he's getting traded and the odds makers think his next team is the Steelers. Uh DraftKings has updated the odds since we talked. It's actually minus one twenty five right now. You're kidding me. No, I'm not. That means we have a lot of a lot of juice. Minus one twenty five. Better than I
3: think, f- I think that's what I saw earlier when
1: I mentioned I saw even better odds.
0: Better than 50-50 that he's the Steelers quarterback.
1: I do think some of this is they connect dots that are out there and that, you know, part of it is setting a line you think will get people to bet, but also like they don't just throw numbers out there willy-nilly because then you start losing money if you set a really bad line. So like it ultimately is valid. I think they are uh, the favorite to do this. I think you laid out good reasons why other teams that might want a quarterback might even want a guy with Fields' skill set can just try drafting one. They don't have the damaged goods label attached to them that some teams might attach to Fields. The player is going to be younger than Fields, even though he's still very young, and you have control of him. A new, he's younger uh, than Kenny Pickett. He's younger than Kenny Pickett by, like, several months. No, actually more than that. Yeah, it's like five months. Okay. We have a new character, I think, developing. We have second most famous PM team fan, or second, uh, second place PM team fan, PM team number two fan. We've also got Donnie's landlord, who chimes in regularly now. And Donnie's landlord, I think, actually sent me a good message about this idea, Fields. Yep, let me hear it. He just said, I see a 5% chance of a Super Bowl run with Justin Fields, like, someday. Not not this year, but, like, you know, best case scenario. There's a 0% chance with Pickett. I'd pay a second-round pick to roll the dice on 5% right now. If Fields hits his ceiling, he can compete with the best in the AFC. If Kenny hits his, he can be Andy Dalton. I agree with that. And, like... Yes, yeah, saying if Kenny hits a ceiling as Andy Dalton sounds offensive. Andy Dalton was a classic solid quarterback who never was going to win anything big. He's basically Kirk Cousins to me. You absolutely should pay for a 1-in-20 shot, which is what 5% is. You absolutely should pay a second-round pick if that player is at the quarterback position fan, and he's available. Fan
0: Hotline is presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. I promise that if we brought this up, we would give you a chance to chime in. Your reaction to odds oddsmakers... Making just uh, making the Steelers the favorites to get Justin Fields four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. Let's start with Kevin in Bethel Park. Hello, Kevin.
5: How you doing? i um, giving up anything more than giving up anything more than a fourth round pick for Fields is crazy. Why he's ten and twenty eight as a starter?
1: Do you think he's a better quarterback than Kenny Pickett or a worse quarterback than Kenny Pickett?
5: About the same.
0: Based on what the record? Yeah, Jim McMahon is a better win percentage than Dan Marino. Was he better than Dan?
5: I don't care. The well, guy cannot win in this league. Well, but I well,
1: just, you just had a stat that I, I, kind of debunked your little theory there. So why do you not care about it?
5: He is ten and twenty-eight as a starter. Okay,
1: Matthew don't Stafford was under
5: five hundred in Detroit. The, the his first Steelers, year in LA, he won the have Super Bowl. Two fourth-round picks right now. Give up one of your fourth round picks for that. But guy Kevin, why even that do
0: that is. if he can't win in the NFL? Then maybe your fourth round pick turns into a useful player. You say the guy sucks, so that would even be a stupid trade.
5: Why would you? Why would you get a guy? No, no. Who's, but, did, did you hear, games but did you hear? But did, did you hear
0: what I just said? If you think he sucks, then trading a fourth round pick is even dumb. Why? Why would you? Yeah. Even why would you have that? just then called in and said don't trade for him? And,
5: and Rooney maybe want to do it. What but that doesn't matter as long as your opinion that's on the deal. back it to what you said. What if the guy blows, the if the guy, guy blows, cannot win in then, this then
0: you shouldn't trade any draft pick for him. If he's then never going to win, do it. then that's oh, what you should have said when don't. you called in. Thank you, Kevin. That should have been your first point. Your point Tomlin is... Tomlin and Rooney might want to
1: do it, so I guess I'll sign on for a fourth-round pick. That makes no sense. If you think the guy blows... Then you say, call in and say, hey, guys, I think Justin Fields sucks and will never win anything. Don't want the team to trade for him. There you go. Thank
0: you, Kevin. Good call. Good, yep. good, solid, sound take, your, even if we disagree with it. Your opinion has been registered. We're not censoring people who disagree. We'll take it under advisory and consideration, and we'll go along with our day, and hope that you call back and continue to listen. Mike in Jefferson Hills. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. Um... To me, this
6: sets up a battle between my heart and my brain. And um, it it reminds me of a few years ago when there was another former Chicago Bear quarterback that we were going to get. And uh, my heart said at the time, hey, you know, hearing good things, he's rehabilitated himself in Buffalo and a good running quarterback and, uh, you know, he might do some things here. And then my brain said, Wait a minute, the last time I watched this guy, he threw a lot of picks and very inconsistent, inaccurate, not a winner. And uh, so fast forward to today, I'm thinking kind of the same thing.
0: Uh, I'm kind of bimodal on it, but in, in the end, I think we've learned our lesson on this kind of quarterback. Okay, but timeout, though. You're saying because Mitch Trubisky failed, you don't want history to repeat itself with Justin Fields. Do I hear that correctly? Well, it's just but, but, kind of similar kind of thing. No, no, no doubt, yeah, but that, I just want to make sure that I have your opinion right. You think because Trubisky yeah. failed, you don't want another recycled Bears quarterback, correct? Yeah, so I, that, I so don't that, think it's Okay, it. so then you would have never dra- drafted C.J. Stroud. Because every Ohio State quarterback failed up until him, and if you were in the Steelers' war room, you would have said, my God, look at all these other Ohio State quarterbacks. Why would I want this guy? Right? Oh, fair, fair point. I mean... I, I, I just don't think it's fair to hold those guys against this guy. Well, here's another, I just don't think that that's right.
1: Here's another thing I would say about Trubisky. To me, it's very noteworthy that the Bears gave up on him, despite the fact that if we're going to talk record here, in Chicago, he had a winning record. Yes, he, was, he did. He was a 29-21 and 21 quarterback. He won. He started 50 games for the Bears and won almost 60% of them. That should have been much more of a red flag that they didn't want him after four years. They didn't pick up his option, and he went to the Bears. That should have been our, a blazing, blaring red alarm. Our first callings run that record wants the Steelers re-sign to resign out. Trubisky re-sign again. Trubisky, yes. Give him a premium. Yep. Wait till he gets signed, and then trade
0: whatever pick you need for Mitch. Here is one of my favorites, Robert in the North Hills. Hello, Robert.
7: Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, I have two thoughts on uh, today's topic. One, I find uh, Justin Fields would be more entertaining to watch than... Kenny Pickett. And the other thing is, given that Kenny Pickett was a first-round draft pick, um, if it's determined in his third season that he is not the guy, someone needs to pay for that with their job, either Weidel or Con or they Tomlin. They didn't draft him. Given, well, the first two Tomlin guys didn't draft him. In the last six or seven years, Tomlin needs to pay for that with his job because we cannot continue to – to do this with first-round draft picks. Thanks for listening. Well, the other
0: two guys shouldn't have to pay for someone that they didn't pick. So, process of elimination, that's your your way of saying fire Mike Tomlin. Yes. Which, hey, there's certainly reasons to be frustrated and fed up with him and want change. I am one of those people. I also know that if we were setting odds like they are in Vegas on where Justin Fields will play next year, odds Mike Tomlin gets fired and doesn't get an extension are like the same odds of Dua Lipa coming in here during our next break. And wanting to have a threesome with me and Chris. Do a leap on the brain? I don't know why she popped in. I find her she's, to be she's
1: Giannotti's very fun. Uh, she's Giannotti's like big celebrity crush. The ultimate,
0: right? yes, yes, she yes. Is. <laughs> Brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Reacting to now the odds makers agreeing with the insiders and making the Steelers the favorites to get Justin Fields. Minus 125. Better than a 50-50 shot he suits up with the Steelers in 2024. Your take on that, four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero? how it makes you feel. Here is Peter in Lawrenceville. Hello, Peter. Hey, guys. Hey, man. I'm from Chicago, big Bears fan, big Justin
8: Fields fan. I got to say, I'm pretty sick of this conversation. I had to deal with it all the time in the office going in, hearing how much better Kenny Pickett is than Justin Fields, and now everybody's going to turn their tune and tell me how much better Justin Fields
6: is than any quarterback that Steelers have had since Prime Roethlisberger.
0: So give what's, me a break. So what's the right answer then? What's what's the right thing to Where's say the about Where's the happy Fields? medium, Peter. The happy medium is that Field stays in Chicago and brings us zero, a couple of zero, NFC championships. Zero percent chance he's in Chicago next season. We can't bet with our listeners, but if we could, I'd be willing to bet every single dollar I own that he's not on the team. No chance. Well, I, I hope he comes to Pittsburgh, but I want everybody to eat their work. Okay, Peter, we're done having this conversation. The Thank one thing though. I would say about him,
1: definitely authentic with the accent. Yep. I don't doubt that that wasn't some guy trying to be a Chicago guy. He was one. Percy is next. Hello, Percy.
4: How you guys doing? We're good.
1: So
6: I think the Justin Fields would be a great addition. I like I'm not a Kenny Pickett hater. I you know, being a Steelers fan, I'm gonna find a way to support any quarterback we have. But my mindset is, at least for right now when they're healthy, we have a top defense. And while you have a defense that can hold a team below seventeen to twenty in that range,
7: you should like,
6: don't rely on a quarterback to make five-yard passes. Like, if you have a defense that can make stops, take the guy that might turn the ball over more, but he'll give you more explosive plays. Like, go for it. Go for it.
1: I think it says something about how much, Percy, and it's interesting that you bring up the turnovers at the end there. I think it says something about the degree to which Mike Tomlin must think Justin Fields has superstar potential, that he likes him this much even though he has to be aware of how much Justin Fields has turned the ball over because we know Mike hates that more than anything else. Well, but
0: he loves something else. He has an eroticism towards running the ball with a quarterback and the mobility of the quarterback. He should, by the
1: way, be hot to trot after that. And the thing for Percy's point, if you take it at face value that when they're healthy, which they never are fully healthy, that they have a great defense, then Justin Fields makes you significantly tougher to defend in games where you might think you need 23 to win. That's
0: why Tomlin... Has an obsession with the running quarterback. He's right because to. he's a defensive coach, and he knows as a defensive coach how much of a Herculean task it is to defend a quarterback who can use his legs because you've got to worry about eleven guys instead of ten. And most defensive coaches will say that. Like I think Tony Dungy once said, it was harder to, to, to game plan for Michael Vick than it was Tom Brady, right, or something like there, that. Well, there's
1: an what a defensive coordinator's like predictability one way or the other. And what do those guys offer? Play breaks down. That's why Ben Roethlisberger drove guys nuts, even if he didn't have the same success that Brady or even Manning he had. Yeah, the right
0: play drawn up, and then he starts running around yeah, those, and shedding tacklers, and he makes those a thirty-yard play. Those guys get mad. Those guys yep. get
1: mad when they have the right
0: play and it goes right in the trash can. Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. What is your reaction to the Steelers being the favorites to land Justin Fields? Bob is next. Hello, Bob.
5: I think it'd be a great fit.
0: Uh, my only thing is the way
6: things go there make it a true competition don't bring justin fields in as a backup you know but he never would he'd come
1: in as the starter pickett would be made the backup oh are you sure about that 100 percent sure i there is not as sure as pony is that justin fields will not be on the bears this year i am just as sure that if the steelers brought justin fields in he would be the starter Pony might actually disagree with me. He's shooting me a a side-eye right now. No, I don't disagree with that. (laughs) But I I think Justin Fields is only being brought in to be the man.
6: Because I think with his scrambling capabilities to prolong plays, uh, I think it'd be a great addition. As long as he would get the chance to be the starter.
1: Yep, he would. He would be the man. If If for no other reason, by the way, forget about Tomlin liking him. He's got one year left before you've got to make a decision. Kenny technically has two. The urgency factor with Fields is far greater. Anthony is
0: in West Mifflin. He's on the fan. Hello, Anthony.
1: Hey, guys. So, two
7: things real quick. First off, I'm happy to hear that they're the odds favorites because I think Fields has shown way more tangible proof of talent than Kenny has Mm -hmm. up to this point, despite, you know, the records being, you know, pretty different. But the other thing is, you know, I want to touch on something Ray Fittipaldo was talking about last week with the morning guys, where, you know, when the the reports came out that the Bears were probably asking for a second round pick, Ray was talking about how, uh, you know, second round picks are a valuable pick. You know, usually those guys are expected to come in and help right away, and that he doesn't know, you know, if it would be worth it. But I think this Super Bowl has shown us more than anything that if you don't have the quarterback right, nothing else matters. You know, what are you going to... Now, did
0: the movie guys say that Fields back so to him? Can... Did they say that? Was that their rebuttal? Because they should have piped in and said what you just said. I think you're right about that. Now, they didn't have the Super Bowl being played as further proof of your point, but you're right, Anthony. Like, look at the Chiefs-traded Tyreek Hill and replaced him with wide receivers who couldn't hold on to the ball, and they still managed to win another Super Bowl because they got the most important position in sports right that covers up for a lot. I mean, if you look at the 49ers... Besides a quarterback
7: and tight end, and tight end's probably close, the 49ers were better than the Chiefs at the almost straight,
1: every possession.
0: Anthony, it's the yep. second
1: straight year that was the case. The Eagles were unquestionably a better team roster numbers 2 through 53. And that's
0: why the Eagles and 49ers were both favored to beat the Chiefs in the Super right. Bowl because of that point. Right. Yep. I mean, this goes back, hold on to the nihilism,
1: though, from yesterday. It's not like, especially in the case of the Eagles, their quarterback was that much worse than Mahomes. Certainly last year, Hurts looked really good, and it still didn't matter. So that, there's part of not me that. that's like, uh. No, I know,
0: but you just you take a shot on a guy that has high-end talent, and there's there's a high-risk, uh, high-reward component to Justin Fields, but that beats just trying to be the metronomical team that just tries to stay right there in the middle and not be too bold and not be too risque and just let's just stay the course and... You know, keep that car in that right-hand lane going 56 on on a 55-mile-per-hour uh, stretch of road. The tortoise actually rarely, if
1: ever, wins against the hare in real life. You notice that? That's what you're describing, an old tortoise versus the hare.
0: Yeah, Aesop was full of you-know-what. Here's Jim next. Hello, Jim. Hey, guys. Hey.
1: Hello, Jim. Well,
0: 53rd or 52nd overall pick to potentially
7: get a franchise quarterback, if that's what you view Fields, and I think that's what Tom obviously views Fields. You shouldn't even think twice about it. If it's a second round pick is what you're giving up.
1: I, I agree only, with that, man. I agree.
7: My only concern, only concern, and this is a fear I had if they kept Kenny's, is, is that you have that one year of fields. What exactly do you need from him stat-wise to give him that big contract extension? Like what kind of you need to do? What are you talking about, like, a
1: max
0: extension? Because I think, like, if he, he makes, has... He raises a good point. What, do you, what would you give well, no, him to I have, keep him? I have a
1: thought. I have a thought about it. So what do we consider, like, now the going rate for an average quarterback in the NFL? Or, like, slightly above average. Let's say guys, like, 13 through 16. It's probably 30 million plus a year, right? Right around there. I
0: was going to say 25 to 30.
1: Okay. I mean, if... if so if, say he has a good year but not a great year, and the team has a winning record, and maybe they make the playoffs, and they have a much better accounting of themselves, maybe even win a playoff game as a wild card team, that kind of thing. I'm pretty comfortable giving Justin Fields something like three or four years and being around 120 to $130 million. If they had the leverage where there were several teams interested, Robert, they wouldn't even have to try to play mean with the Steelers. They could just take the best offer. But there's not that many teams that might want him because a lot of the teams that need a quarterback are in position to draft one this year.
0: Yeah, that's true. But and, you say and, and, but you, and, say and, you and,
1: like the upside there yeah, more he's than gone. with Pickett. I, so. th-
0: they – it's – it's untenable for the Bears to have Fields and Williams on the roster together. They've gotten so many quarterback picks wrong. They've blown so many chances. They've never they've never had a quarterback throw more than thirty touchdowns in a season. They've never had a quarterback in that town throw for four thousand yards. They just have an awful history with the position. They've got to commit to a guy. They can't be have one have one foot in Caleb Williams and the other in Justin Fields. So he's going to get traded. And I think it's going to shock people uh, how little he gets traded for. What kind of a deal would you do?
1: I want to go back to that caller who asked the question we both liked. What kind of a deal would you do if he comes here in year one? He's good enough that you clearly want to keep him long term but he's not so good that it's obvious you've just got to m- rip everything up, make a maximum deal and, and make him a, you know, a highly paid guy, which you would if he got you to like the AFC title game, you'd have to.
0: Yeah, I'd give him like a 3-year 75 or 80 million dollar deal with a lot of outs and opportunities to get out of the money. I wouldn't make a whole hell I wouldn't make a whole heck of a lot of it guaranteed. The first year, maybe a little bit more and that's it. You know, maybe there's like 30 million in guarantees in the deal or 40 million in guarantees. Tops if he has that type of kind of in-between season that you're I mean, No, about. I mean,
1: above average player. He's like, I'll say like 13th or 14th best quarterback in the league, which might make him honestly like the 10th best in the AFC. Because I think then if we're talking about he's an objectively good quarterback and no one's really in denial about it, then I think the price starts to go up and your your level of commitment should go up.
0: Jimmy is next. Hello, Jimmy. Hello, guys. Hey, man.
1: Hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm from
7: Detroit and uh, born and raised here and uh, I, I love the Steelers, but you brought up something about uh, his record. Yeah,
5: I, I'm. I'm.
7: He's ten and twenty or something like that. What, what would his record be if he was already a Steeler? He, he'd be. He'd be above five hundred because everybody's above five hundred on a Steeler. I mean,
0: Jimmy, you, yeah. you're in Detroit. Let's look up Barry Sanders' all-time record. Let's look up Matthew Stafford's all-time record before he got traded to the Rams. Okay, we're talking about oh, I'm one. Saying, I'm saying this. This. I, Justin Fields is a no-brainer. I know that's that, a no brainer I, I, I was trying to speak to your uh, where you live. That's what I mean. Like I, I, hey, Fields has not been a great player. He he. There is some personal accountability, but if I'm reviewing his his the start to his career, the reason why he has the record that he has has way more to do with the Bears than it does with the way he's played. It's about the players around him and the system they tried to shoehorn him into.
1: I think it is the most, if I were going to make a list of like the things that are most encouraging about Fields that have me most optimistic, his running ability is actually not number one. You know what it actually is? When they gave him DJ Moore, the numbers DJ Moore put up are extremely encouraging. The guy had the best season of his career in the NFL with Justin Fields last year. Most catches, most yards, most yards per game, most touchdowns. And DJ Moore's probably about like the 15th best receiver in the league. He's somewhere in that like 12 to 15 range. He's very good. That should be very encouraging to people that when the guy was given a legit number
0: one, the guy put up legit number one stats. The odds makers have the Steelers as the favorites to get Justin Fields 4129289370. Never shy when it comes to the big topics. Always gonna tell us the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. She tells it. Straight, right down the middle, Carol in Clinton back on the fan. Hello, Carol.
6: Hello, guys. How are you?
0: We're good, Carol. How Carol, are you? how was your Super Bowl party? Fun?
6: I I just watched it at home with my husband and kept saying, he he kept getting excited thinking that the 49ers were going to pull it off. And I said, don't believe anything you're seeing. Kansas City's going to pull it out in the end. I knew it. Hey, I Carol, knew it. Carol,
1: you know what? Carol, I hope your husband's listening. Carol, you know ball. Your husband does not. <laughs>
6: I know. Hey, here's what I wanna to say to the guys that are calling in and, you know, putting the down thumbs down on Justin Fields. Would you feel better if you heard they were picking up Brian Tannehill, a broken down plow horse? I mean, come on already. I know,
0: I know Carol. You're preaching to the choir and it sounds like, Carol, you don't want status quo. You don't want them to just bring you always you always speak out about that
6: absolutely not we're so sick of the same thing over and it's like a bad movie a bad nightmare it's just the same the same do something exciting
0: and that would get you out of your seat carol if they brought in a young energetic player like fields huh absolutely thank you carol would you feel better if you heard they were picking up ryan Tannehill, a broken down old plow horse he is That's (laughs) that's, <laughs> that's I, I'm one of the
1: funniest things that's I'm ever been said. I'm jealous that
0: I didn't come up with that um, expression for Tannehill. She brought here, the here. goods. She always does. And man,
1: her husband. Come on, but I know Pony picked the Niners. That was a mistake by him. He picked the Niners in a route. Yeah, but
0: I never felt good in game. The about true, it. the true knowers of ball,
1: Donnie, knew that that game was ending one way with Mahomes' hand raised in victory.
0: Fan Hotline is presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. Chuck D is next. Hello, Chuck. Hey guys, love the show. Thanks for taking my call. Anytime, Chuck. What's what up, Chuck?
6: So a little good, bad, and the ugly here, and and the good being Justin Fields. You know, six three, two fifteen, great frame, speed. Everything, you know, people question the accuracy, but there's a guy named Lamar Jackson out there. So um, I am all in with the Steelers picking him up. You know, the bad is sticking with Kenny and bringing in a guy like, you know, Tannehill or another one of these old guys that hasn't done anything that we're just going to continue to ride another Trubisky. And I just, I can't take that. I just can't. As a Steeler fan, 35, 40 years, I can't take that. You know, I mean, let's either go for it and get somebody that can come in here and be great, you know, or, or, and if you don't do that, oh, here comes the ugly, you know, and the ugly is Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, holding on to players two years longer than the average bear. And that's exactly what they do. And that's what scares me because I think what's going to happen is you're going to have Kenny Pickett. He's going to have, oh, it's a huge year for Kenny, you know, but here we
1: go, you know,
6: so if so you're going you do you to go that route, please,
1: No, you don't think then at the end, because the ugly is what I think you said you feel is going to happen. You don't think they get fields. You think they end up just hanging on to Pickett and trying to make this work for at least two more seasons, correct? I just want to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying.
6: I think we've already gone a year into the ugly um, with Kenny Pickett. And that's just my feeling. But on on the other token to that, please don't pick up someone new. You got a, a draft class that I have that there's a lot of great players in. You know, I'd love to see them. You know, I don't want to waste a high draft pick, but if it's a low draft pick, you could pick up somebody that falls, like a, like a Milton or a um, Michael Pennock, somebody that gives us some hope that, hey, this young person can be great.
0: You know? Yeah, I don't have a lot of stock in them developing a quarterback and turning somebody from the fourth round or later into a starter. That almost never happens. And given the early returns of what this franchise has uh, tried to pull off post Roethlisberger, uh, I don't see really them finding lightning in a bottle whatsoever.
10: up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast.
1: Bring in a coordinator who has any history developing specifically a young player at the position. I do think
0: it's interesting that, you know, we are here in Pittsburgh very um I think relieved that the Mitch Trubisky experiment is over. That the Steelers gave it too long and tried it again, rebooted it with him as a backup, and they just washed their hands of him yesterday. There's already people that want Trubisky. Uh, Cleveland radio hosts want Mitch Trubisky.
1: Mitch Trubisky doesn't see the field, then he's just a local guy who's a backup quarterback for the Browns. But I think enough time has passed to where it wouldn't be this hero's welcome if he were to be signed by the Browns as a backup quarterback. He's a good athlete. I bet he could run the offense. You can take care of him. They got I benched
10: for Mason
9: God. Rudolph. So, so <laughs> uh. Rudolph. So, so
0: that's like a that's like a Scooby Doo voice. Let me hear that again. Here,
10: Mason God. Rudolph. So. So we going to get out of here.
0: <laughs> isn't, <laughs> isn't there a little bit of that? Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, they want Trubisky because you know he's from Cleveland. Menor, yeah. So that's uh, well, that kind of worked with us. Batch was from here, and he came in and was great as a backup. But he when he played, he actually filled in well. Uh, Trubisky is the exact opposite, and. I would love for him to end up there because I would say Watson, the Steelers have more been burnt by guys who
1: are from here. Terrell Pryor's infamous yeah. win, Bruce Gronkowski. It's okay. mainly guys who go to the Raiders like, and
0: are from here. I would I would welcome that because Watson will probably get hurt, and then he'll go in and he'll be the antithesis of what Flacco was for them this I was year. I say if I were them, I'd just try to bring Flacco back. But you know, if he went in there and played like four games and did it well, Mitch. Yes, Mitch the NFL award voters would give him the Comeback Player of the Year award over someone who, you know... Has their leg reattached
1: during a game and comes back in play. His ankle actually fell off. They surgically reattached it, and he was playing two weeks later. Well, Mitch was really struggling, though. Man, I'll tell you what, though. Very quickly, if they got Trubisky, they needed to turn to him, and he went, like, 4-1 and in a five-game stretch and looked good, I would... Words would not describe how pissed off I would be. I mean that. At, at him, at the Steelers, Ooh. for like not having a sense of how to get anything out of him. All right, what
0: would piss you off more, if Mason Rudolph went to a new team and beat the Steelers next year, or if Mitch Trubisky came in with a new team Tra- and beat the Steelers?
1: Trubisky by a million miles. Donnie? Wait, go over the
3: two options again? Mason
1: would- goes to another team and comes in here and beats the Steelers next year, or Trubisky goes to Cleveland and beats the Steelers trubisky easily i don't even care if it's cleveland if i don't get it's just a team i would be mad because he's going
3: he's going to a division rival and he was catastrophic here let's just
1: say it's not a division rival same deal just one for one it's just they're both on new teams i'd still say trubisky you know why on some weird twisted level i'd be happy for rudolph because he showed out here for a couple of games like rehabbed his image they clearly don't want him back I would be happy that the guy would be showing it wasn't know, a flash in the pan I know, but depending on him. what
0: happens with our own quarterback situation, if Rudolph went somewhere, beat the Steelers, and shoved it up their rear ends, we'd be saying after the game they should have kept him. If, if it, Trubisky if he went beats, to— If he an,
1: beats Pickett, we'll be saying that. If he beats like Fields, yeah. I'd say that's kind of a— If Trubisky, you know, Trubisky goes to a
0: new team and beats the Steelers, we would all be livid, but there wouldn't be any like hindsight of, man— Look, what, what did we do wrong here? How did we let him get away? There would absolutely be that with Rudolph, which would make it hurt even more.
1: I think it would just hurt to see Trubisky when somebody's that bad, if they then start playing that well against you. I don't know. That that would be tough to stomach. And it would just make me even more mad about the way they tried to approach offense.
0: All right, it's time for another edition of What Would Pony and Muller Do? People give us their hypothetical situations, their real-life problems, and we try to sort through them. Sometimes they take our advice. Sometimes they disrespect us and hate us so much, they do the exact opposite. So let's go. We've got tweets coming in. We'll start with the one Mulzy got off the air that was brought to my attention. Maybe you want to ask Donnie about this one first. first. didn't it. have the first swing at it. Yeah, Donnie,
1: I think you should actually. This will be what would Pony Muller and Donnie do just because I think we need to just throw you right in the deep end here. Text submission from a listener. Here's uh, one for what would Pony and Muller do. You happen across a friend's wife on Tinder. Not a great start. It says interested in men and women. Do you tell? Do you not tell? Do you just ignore? I freaked out. That's what the person sent me. Okay, so...
0: Happened th- across th- one- this yeah. guy's
3: friend is still married to said yes
0: woman, my understanding the woman is still married and she's on a dating site looking for men and women yes
1: she is casting a you want to talk about casting a wide net for an offensive coordinator she's casting the widest <laughs> net I've ever heard of uh, I've
3: I mean if if the guy is a friend of yours I would bring it up absolutely
1: I freaked like out hey, and I- just deleted the app. Is the, is the person's
3: <laughs> is the person's Like, it never happened. If yeah, I do that, it never happened. Yeah, if I just delete
0: the app, I didn't see it. Okay, so if it I was- would just
3: give it, like, a, hey, man, uh, I was on Tinder. Like, I came across who, like, I'm pretty sure is your
1: wife. Do you say it looked like your wife? You might want to check up on it? I don't know. I don't, like, do you try to mask it with, I don't know, man. It just threw me off a little bit. I would also have, like, the screenshot... Of like what the the profile looks like. So it's
3: obviously not like, oh, this guy's just messing with me. here. Right.
0: I would, if I was really good friends with the person and we had a fun relationship where we were on good terms, Mm -hmm. I would screenshot it. I would send it to him and I would say, you guys swingers?
1: Man, I actually (laughs) think you're right.
0: And play it off as a joke. Like, and man, if, you guys and are if it's freaks. Not, yeah.
1: Wow. Well, yeah. I never knew you guys got down like Let this. Let that freak
0: flag fly a little bit. You're out there. She's looking for people to bring to the relationship. Maybe you're one of those types of people that likes to watch. I don't know. More power to you.
1: <laughs> and if they actually are, he'll go like, yeah, isn't it crazy, man? I married a, wee- a real wildcat You here. know
0: anybody who fits this profile? <laughs> and then, and then.
1: Pass along a number. And then Send a pick. if she, if he didn't know, I think you have done it in the gentlest way possible. I can't improve upon that. It's exactly what I would do. The only caveat I'll throw in is before you do anything taking that involves taking action, either like that or more directly, I think you have to judge how good of a friend is this person. And did I think they right. were like a good husband? Did I, or did they strike me as a guy that almost has it coming here if they
0: didn't see it coming? Maximus tweets in, this is more for you guys than me. If First Blood and Predator were on the TV at the same time, what do you pick to watch? Uh, it's
3: Predator for me like 100 out of 100 times. Yeah. Uh, at, at what the of, hell is
0: First Blood? Rambo. That's Rambo. Okay.
3: Yeah, I mean, for as big of a fan as I am of the, the Rocky series and of Stallone, uh, I've the, the Rambo movies are fine. Certainly not like, oh, man, Rambo's on. I got to turn it on. Like, they're, they're, they're fine every now and then. But Predator, I just love. I mean... You can ha- turn
1: your brain off and watch Predator. Yeah. Rambo actually is like a serious movie about like PTSD and there's like larger themes. It's a very good movie. Don't get me wrong. But I'm we're talking about we're flipping through the channels, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's a cast of 80s all-stars. You got Arnold. You got Carl Weathers. You got Jesse R. the body P. Ventura.
1: Let me I'm tell set. you something, Gorilla. I'm going to tell you right now about what's going to happen in this ring. No, I mean... That's an easy one for you boys. So, oh, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll make the question slightly tougher, though. Predator... Or another Arnold classic, Commando. Now we're getting into the yeah, deep water
0: here. What would you pick there, Donnie?
1: You'll have to give my let my friend sleep. He's dead tired.
0: I
3: think I would give the edge I would think I would still give the edge to Predator.
1: Much tougher call though, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well that, here's here's why I'd still say Predator. It's the better movie. Commando's got two things going for it though, in my opinion. Shorter movie, so it's a less time of commitment here, right? Yep. The villain in Commando, the main villain Bennett, is the most <laughs> mismatched guy as far as like, can this guy physically be thought of as a match for Arnold in history? Pony, type in it would be Bennett like it would be like Commando, Pony. it would
3: be like Pony being the, the, g- the villain in a Arnold movie. Honest to
1: God, the guy looks like he could be in the Village People. He's wearing like a chainmail vest. I don't think there's a def, like a defined muscle in his arms.
3: Zero definition.
1: And you're supposed to believe that he's such a psychopath, he can go toe-to-toe with Arnold in hand-to-hand combat. They almost make him
3: like a Joker character where he's like not physically imposing whatsoever. But he just
0: outsmarts Arnold.
1: It's very bizarre. I'd still go Predator to answer the question.
0: Let off some steam, Bennett. Zach asks, I'm currently at an all-inclusive resort. Congratulations Congratulations on on all your success. success. What's your go-to cocktail?
1: Hmm.
3: I'll let you guys take this because you know how simple I am.
1: Well, this is a great question for a couple of reasons. So we went to the Bahamas for our honeymoon, and that was the last time I've been in an all-inclusive. It was like a sandals-type place. I think it was a sandals place. And, um... I was just like, okay, what are the drinks that you guys like specialize? Because obviously they have certain special like regional drinks. So it was like a Miami Vice, like frozen daiquiri type things. You, you can get very messed up on those very quickly. Ugh. I think my main rule now, 38 years old, is I've got to pick something that is not too sweet. Yeah, that's I've, the that, big 20 or maybe 30 year old of me those. was a different I'm not guy. Drinking that all day and all week, man. I think probably a gin and tonic or a vodka tonic, quite honestly. Like if I'm just something I can continually put down, boom, and it's not beer, I'm not copping out and taking beer or wine. It's probably that, or it's probably good s- pony. What about good scotch? So or he's good in, tr- whiskey? yeah,
0: but he's in tropical weather. I'm outside. I'm gonna do tequila, club soda, and lime, or ranch water.
1: Man, that's real. That's real. Uh... Fancy of you, not tequila, like tequila sunrise club
0: soda. So I'm, I'm not doing. I'm not doing orange juice in my drink all day, man.
1: It's actually
3: not far off from what I would have said. I, I'm surprised you guys went. Like, I feel like it would it would be the simple route to say like a vodka soda or something up that well, alley. I, I just
1: I think the most important thing. Let this be a lesson to all you uh, kit, you know, kids, you legal drinkers out there trying to navigate such a situation. Sugar is your biggest enemy in
0: this one by far. Steve Stam 87. Hello, Steve Stam. Puts in three-month-old blowout poop through the front onto the abdomen on a onesie that doesn't have a zipper and only goes over the head. (laughs) Had no way of getting it off without smearing crap on my child's head. I got it off with scissors and threw it away. What would Pony and Muller have done?
1: The only thing I can come up, that's a hell of a, hell of a question that really is right in our wheelhouse. My wife would have probably been mad about the scissors if it was like a nice onesie. Because she would have tried to salvage it. Yep. The only thing I can think of before I get into that is, like, whether I would have cut it off or not. Couldn't he slide his baby's arms out of it and drop it down that way? I guess not. So if that's off the table, I think you spared your child. Because he would have thought of that right away. I think you would have spared, you were right to spare your son or daughter. Uh, this situation I think they did the right thing I
0: do the same exact thing I cut it I put it in like a plastic bag That you'd get from the grocery store Or the pharmacy do they store. sell scented
1: uh, Hold on. diaper bags here I'm not brother. putting
0: it in there I'm tying it up uh-huh. I'm throwing it in the garbage Disposing it I'm not telling Amanda about it uh-huh. And we've got so many onesies and things She'll forget she just doesn't know where it went. She asks about it. I just say, I don't know. That's a good question where that one went. Not sure. The perfect crime. Yeah. I because think, I don't want an argument over something like that. And there probably would be one. And Chris, frankly, it's not worth it.
1: Well, then here's the other option you have, though. You say, what did you want me to do? If you're, if you're honest about what happened, do you say, what did you want me to do? Smear poop all over our child's face? And if they say, yeah, then I think you reconsider your partner at that point.
0: Uh, good move, Steve Stam 87 I think you did the right thing. M.W. Kunkel writes in, I pity anyone who seeks your advice on any kind of real-world crisis. Well, we just gave good advice on a real-world crisis, so shove that up your fat rear-end, M.W. Kunkel. Stan Humphrey, 16. Hello, Stan. We haven't seen you in 30 years. He writes if in. If you see Alfred Papunu running down the field. If you're freeballing at the movies on a first date and a wet fart hits an hour in, do you ride it out or ditch her and go home? I, I think that's an easy go home. Like, what do you like, say? You have to make up something else. You've got to lie. you yeah, got to fake I mean, a phone call like, oh, no, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, I'll be you, right there. Yeah, you, Sorry, you gotta, you there's pull... an emergency at work. I have to go on the air right now. Yeah, you you got to pull some sort of emergency
3: oh, okay. card there and, right. then, and then probably change your identity and move out of the state. <laughs> because you're going to get – if she finds out what actually happened, you're getting blasted in the group
1: message. <laughs> um. I, I guess I'll be the one to ask the obvious. <laughs> Who are you to free ball on a first date? Johnny sins. Who just is going commando on a date, a first date. What are you expecting is going to happen there? Is your first date with a hooker? Are you that confident in your game? I also think like the, the, the free balling is kind of irrelevant here. I mean, if, I guess the thought is if you have a blowout, somehow would it be contained by your boxer
0: shorts? And you could presu- just toss those and then freeball at the night. But if it's a blowout, night. what bo- are your boxer shorts lined with adult diapers? He didn't say blowout. He didn't say blowout. Oh, he said wet fart. If you're yeah. freeballing at the movies on a first date and a wet fart hits an hour in, do you ride it out or ditch her and go home? That's why the. F- because now it's on your jeans and you can't. Can you go to the bathroom and. and no. Like, no? No, you can't clean that out, man. It depends on how wet of a fart it was,
1: doesn't it? That is horrifying. And I, I think actually, you're going
0: home, and you've got to make up something as to why. Do you?
1: Here's one last thought on and this. And I think if
0: eventually the relationship takes off, I think you come clean later and say, Any you know, right detail. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say. What if you just roll the dice right then and there, and you say, "Listen, <laughs> wet fart, I'm sorry," and she just goes, "I appreciate the honesty. I'll see you next. <laughs> I'll see you like this weekend."
0: Because then I think you might be. You already. What like, if you you've tell her, a
1: speed run and you're going right? What to if proposal. you tell
0: her and she says, "Wait, you're leaving"? At that point. You wouldn't want to be with her anyways.
1: What if she just, it was not like some fetish and she just said, clean yourself up and like, we'll deal with it. Like, we maybe aren't going to get freaky tonight. That's why I think people need to, people need to picture that and the transformation Alan went into in year three and think that's why you should want this guy.
0: All right. So we're going to do the Steelers draft. Uh, We're going to look at the draft with Ryan Wilson in about 15 minutes. Mm Mm-hmm. I've got a couple of clips I want to play for you guys before we bring uh before we go that direction. Pro Football Focus in the Super Bowl gave Brock Purdy a better grade than Patrick Mahomes. I they don't... liked Purdy's game more than Mahomes. Brad Spielberger of PFF was on with the morning guys to explain that today.
8: Yeah, it's, it's really just because of the interception. Um, you know, look, we, we obviously will touch on the grading system and all that, I guess. This is one of those shows. But, uh, you know, I think one thing that, that maybe, um, you know, at times can, can skew things maybe a, a little bit too far, depending on the certain situation, is a, a strong negative play like that. And look, that was a horrific throw by Patrick Mahomes. There's no denying that. Um, you know, could can, can kind of overshadow a lot of positives, even if he was stacking a lot of good plays. You know, pretty didn't really make any mistakes. Um, I don't think Purdy really elevated a lot in that game. Like, I don't think he had any, you know, wow throws or maybe or, uh, had one big-time throw. I haven't actually looked at his individual grade. But, um, you know, he made a couple nice
6: plays. But, yeah, it's just the, the, the interception was probably a minus one and a half, maybe even a minus
5: two. because It was just a, a brutal, brutal play.
0: So that's why I think pro football focus likes Kenny Pickett more than, than a lot of fans do. I know that because of they what they just described there. They like guys who don't f up. And it doesn't matter if you don't make any kind of seismic plays, any kind of explosive play as long as you don't take It's that time of year. Cash the Ticket, Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, A bazooka to your foot. They're going to say you played a pretty good game. I mean, look... They did that for Broderick Jones, even.
1: I remember asking Steve Palazzolo that, and he said he had one or two plays we really didn't like, and it can skew they, a grade dramatically. They
0: grade every play, but that just sounds to me like there was there's way too much emphasis on the way one play gets graded. Hey, the Chiefs had a lot of drives in that game, especially in the first half, that ended in punts, and then their first possession of the second half ended in an interception. So... From that standpoint, from beginning to end, it was not one of Patrick Mahomes' best games ever, but somebody has to grade those plays. I'm astonished that they would look at every play by Purdy and every play by Mahomes and think that Purdy played better.
1: Yes, in a word, yes. Like, I I just, the plays that Purdy didn't make that were there to be made, I feel like just go by the wayside here. Well, hey, it's like too much chalking it up to good defense. I don't know. To me, what a great is a great play there, even though somebody might say, well, they had the perfect call on Mahomes on fourth in the season, just calmly waiting for a player to either turn his back or not and commit then running with the ball Mahomes running right down the seam Mahomes, just like casual little passes in there, just constantly like putting the ball where it needed to be. I I don't know, man. I, I struggle with their grading at times because I think the mission is a pretty, noble mission but I do think there's some inconsistency there and some blind spots there that that they struggle to
0: rectify I think Steve is coming back with us on Thursday so we'll have to ask him about that all right next one we have here Tom Brady on his show with Jim Gray on Sirius XM here he is weighing in on the Travis Kelsey shove
4: there's always little family issues. And of course I don't mind seeing it cause I was a part of a lot of those things. You're thinking emotions are so high. You are definitely not centered and balanced. You're not in a meditative state at that point. You are fully determined to go after and to win. I think a lot of the things that are said during the games, people should just let them fly off their back. And I actually think coach Reed handled it just awesome. Like he always does. Cause he just said, uh, I, I was a little off balance. Travis is, is such a competitor and I love that. Cause it just speaks to his leadership because some coaches would get so sensitive and oh you embarrassed me and you did that and you know you're a competitor you're an athlete and you get out there and you've had the credibility that Travis has and you've had that all pro experience and you've won Super Bowls and you know I know certain players that would die to come off the field in those moments I mean Julian Edelman was a great example when I played with Randy in the 07 Super Bowl I mean we didn't want to take them off for one play and they're thinking if we're going down I'm out here every play trying to contribute that's when your team needs you the most and that's I think Travis was just trying to to yeah, I mean, I think there's
0: a little shot there at Belichick. Some coaches are so sensitive that they would have taken that shove personally.
1: I think that's and maybe punished why a player. Malcolm there. Butler might have gotten benched for something he said during uh, meetings before the maybe Eagles something Super Bowl? he did.
0: I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of well, there's uh, also rumors about what happened there.
1: So you want to know what I thought of the entire time Tom's talking there, and I'm painting a picture in my mind's eye. Or there's one scene from Brady's career, and it is him and Bill O'Brien. Oh, yeah just screaming at each each other on the sideline, like nose to nose, like they're about to have a WWF title match or Brady talks about being so caught up in the moment. You're not really like in a peaceful state. Him sprinting down the field just to headbutt Anthony Smith after he beat him for a touchdown Oh, pass. he
0: dog-cussed his own offensive lineman. We saw that in his last game here with the Bucks. He was cursing guys out. So I'm not surprised that he has that answer on Kelsey. I still don't love his – I, mean, I don't like the shove, though. I think it's either, still a bad but, look. But I think Brady's answer is at least an onic, unauthentic authentic one. I think that's why he liked Antonio Brown so much.
1: He because knew he knew that AB was,
0: was competitive and he was a loose cannon and he'd fly off the handle, but he knew that the guy wanted to play. Do you think that he it felt like AB was
1: just in a competitive trance when he took a shirt off and then ran off the field in the swamps of New Jersey? <laughs> I would love to know what he thought about that. Um, does Kelsey apparently saying after the game what I owe my whole career to Andy Reid when he was asked about the the shove? Eh. Does that excuse it? Does that is that no. a, a nice enough tonic for it? Not, no, not, for, not me. for me, dude. You still hip check the guy,
0: man. All right, one more here. Here's McAfee in a big splash. He wants to make as a broadcaster this football season coming up no that i am trying my best to get Bill Belichick on this program at least once a week going forward. Hell yeah. okay, just at least once a week going forward in the football season. Could you imagine us peppering Bill Belichick
1: every single week throughout an entire football season? That's if he wants to get into the media world and if he would want to be on our particular program. There's a chance he says no way. Now, I did see him with a helmet on
8: whenever we did college game day up in Massachusetts, yeah. up in Foxboro. Mm-hmm. He was fantastic. Hopefully he has a little bit of respect for what we've been able to do out here in Indianapolis, but having a chance to pick that brain through an entire
0: our football season would be a dream come true. Know that I am throwing my hat into the ring in a big way. What an oddball setup that would be. Here's Bill. A...
1: Would you say this guy's a dog or a dog? <laughs> <laughs> well, Pat, uh, I've thought about this long what's, and hard, and what, he's definitely a dog. Isn't there, a, isn't there dog? a Patriot?
0: What's the name of the Patriots fan with the mullet that's on the show? Wears tie-dye shirts. Boston <laughs> Connor. He's he's quote peppering. They don't seem like a pepper show.
1: Do no, they pepper? I don't think there's guests? a lot of peppering
0: that goes on. Zero peppering. They don't pepper. No, there's no, it's a pepper-free zone. I, I've gotten in trouble for peppering. I did peppering. You have a paid guest on, you pepper. They don't like peppered often in those situations. I don't think, I think Belich- I've even peppered before. Yeah, I don't think Belichick wants peppered. Uh, but ma- So maybe they wouldn't pepper him, and he'd like that. They'd kiss, they'd kiss the ring. I think it's, you know, look, I have a great, great friend, Colts fan Greg, who got married on the day Andrew Luck retired. Ruined his wedding. To some extent, yes. The Colts hate the Patriots. You know, like, McAfee, I think, has, they ever, has anyone ever asked him what he thinks of, like, the deflated football stuff? And Didn't
1: most of those players say, though, after the game, that we could have played them with actual bricks or tennis balls maybe. and they would have beaten us? Maybe In fact, I know they said that But after like, the game. But,
0: like, Bill Pullian and Tony Dungy and those guys, like, they take very personally the Belichick... Uh, uh, tomfoolery, like the things he would do to bend the rules and whatnot. So I don't know. That would be. I'm just. You know what I'm.
1: I am trying to imagine. I know how past show goes. I've had a little fun, poked a little fun at the whole. Does like,
0: Belichick want to play grab ass? Right. You think he like, want to, or
1: do you think that they would play it very straight with him? And and ask him a ton of football questions.
0: I mean, they do do serious football segments. Like they get Aq Shipley up there, and he's actually breaking down film and Pagano giving like does that too. Offensive he? lineman breakdowns. Yeah, so they do do that. I mean, if I they, think if you put Bell, hold on, if it, they had Belichick doing that stuff, that would be neat. It would be. But I think you you g- get the most out of Bill if you do try to bring his personality out. And right. if he's doing
1: media this year. I honestly think it's to get his personality yeah. out there because he's seen as such a curmudgeon. You know what? I
0: think you just hit on something. This this actually might be. This actually might be the exact right situation for Belichick.
1: Pat, I'm ready to let my hair down. I'm ready to come on with you and that Boston Connor fella and tell Tone Diggs to get his shine box ready because I'm going to talk about the Steelers. They were so easy to beat. Yep. Taking candy from a baby.
0: I still think it was great on that show when they had the one guy dress up like Lou Holtz and interview Lou Holtz. That was fantastic. Admittedly, very good. And then the Ohio State got coach got all pissed off about it. Very good. That Donnie. Very good. Ryan Day got all hot and bothered. He got
1: Ryan Day got very red faced and mad about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) While Lou Holtz was being interviewed by By Lou Holtz, Holtz by fake Lou. All right, we've been waiting a while for this one. We are embarking on draft season. Combine, not that far away. Pro Day visits. Already have the Senior Bowl in the rearview mirror. And no one better to talk about all that than Pittsburgh's draft guru, Carnegie Mellon Zone, so you know he's very smart, from CBSSports.com. Ryan Wilson back to talk draft with us here on Pony and Muller. All right, Ryan, you were down in Mobile a couple of weeks ago. Give us, uh, from your bird's-eye view, your biggest Steelers draft takeaway from what from the workouts that went on there.
8: Well, I mean, there were some offensive linemen that, that balled out, so that's that's good news if that's the, the flavor you're looking for in terms of the, the first round. I had my eyes on the quarterbacks because I'm of the opinion that that should not be out of the conversation if, if you're the Steelers. ton of wide receivers as well, and, and maybe that's something you consider if not on day one, then, then day two and even day three. Um, but there are going to be some dudes that are going to get drafted out of, out of Mobile that that played in the the practice during the week. A couple of them didn't play during the Saturday game, and that's okay. But Troy Fatanu out of Oregon State, there's a lot of buzz that the Jets might be high on him, and they pick certainly ahead of the Steelers. Uh, Taylor, Tyler Guyton out of uh, Oklahoma had a good week. Patrick Paul out of Houston also had a good week. All big, strong, athletic offensive linemen. Uh, that are certainly going to have a chance to play on day one. So the Chucks got released a few days ago, uh, so they'll be looking for some depth there and maybe reshuffling of the O-line, depending on what they do with Roger Jones and Dan Moore Jr. So you can never have enough offensive linemen, and, and I think if that's the direction you're going, if you're rolling with Kenny Pickett, then why not protect him? And um, last time we were thinking about doing this, I think they just hired Arthur Smith pony, so I wasn't able to do it, but I was talking to some folks at Mobile about Arthur Smith because I was at first a little apprehensive. And they said this is a great hire. Like they, they like the idea of Arthur Smith coming in and doing the things he did in Tennessee. And um, some guys aren't head coach material. Dicklebo is a much better coordinator than the head coach and, and maybe that's the path for Arthur Smith. And I think while it's not a quote unquote sexy hire or maybe a, a Kubiak tree hire or a Shanahan tree hire, this might be the right fit for Pittsburgh. It's just a matter at the end of the day to make sure you get the quarterback.
1: Ryan, of those quarterbacks that you did see in Mobile, who impressed you the most? <clears throat>
8: It was probably uh, Carter Bradley, because Bradley's son out of South Alabama. I didn't know a lot about him. Watched a couple games coming in. Um, he's not going to be a, a first-round pick. Maybe he's next to the day too. He was fun to watch. But in terms of the big names, uh, the the Michael Nix juniors, the Bo Nixes, the Sam Hartman's was there. Sam Hartman was there. Uh, I thought Spencer Rattler probably did the most for himself. Came in at just over six feet, so he was one of the shorter quarterbacks there. Had one of the biggest arms. Joe Milton had the biggest arm. But Joe Milton struggled with the things that we saw at Tennessee in the fall, mostly accuracy and decision-making. But Spencer Rattler, I loved the way he played in the fall behind a bad offensive line um, and made a lot out of a little for a South Carolina team that was often overmatched in the SEC. He's tough. It feels like he's learned from some of the missteps he had in Oklahoma, both as a quote-unquote team leader and in the locker room and, and as a player. And I, I like him as a, as a day-two guy. Now, I don't know where his best fit is in terms of drafting him, uh, but in terms of the, the 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 guys we were interested in seeing, the Bo Nix's and and Michael Penix Jr. of the world, they didn't do a whole bunch. Michael Penix Jr. didn't play in the game us uh, on uh, Saturday. Bo Nix played one series and, and did pretty well. Uh, both those guys maintained about where I thought they would be. I love Michael Penix's first round pick, but I've talked to teams that think he's a third round pick, and that to me is sort of crazy. But that's why this process is is so hard to figure out. And and by you know two or three or four years from now, we look back and say, oh. We were right about that and wrong about that, and that's what makes it sort of fun.
0: Ryan, why do you think there is so much disagreement over Pinnock's?
8: Uh, primarily, I think it starts with the injury history. So when he was at Indiana a few years ago, Pony, he had two ACLs and two shoulders, and, and that's look, that's a red flag. So, but if he clears medical, he clears medical. He wasn't injured the last two years of Washington. He's incredibly tough to bring down. We saw that for much of the season. He struggled against Michigan, but every team struggled against that Michigan defense. I don't think that's necessarily a knock against him. Um, Aiden Hutchinson struggled against Georgia. Turns out Aiden Hutchinson is still a good football player. Uh, these things happen against really good football teams. Uh, that's one of the knots. I've, I've heard there's some questions about mental toughness. I don't know what that means because that's just what I heard from from a few folks. Um, I, From what I've seen in terms of the way he's overcome injuries and the way he's played week in and week out, there's a lot to love about his game. That's why I like him as a first-round pick. But we'll go through this process. We have 72 days until the draft, two weeks until the combine, and we'll get a closer uh, look and a better idea of what these guys are once they start going through the interview process and you sort of hear back from that through the, um, the grapevine there but the injuries are probably the, the biggest concern he has enormous hands 10 and 3 eighths, so it's just like he's holding a, a softball when he throws a football and he can absolutely spin it
0: oh my god he didn't golf
1: kenny's hands It'd <laughs> yeah, be like Andre the Giant holding that can of beer.
8: <laughs> yes, exactly. That's, that's the visual. Absolutely.
1: Uh, what about defensive backs, Ryan, that were down there? Because we know the Steelers still feel like they need to bolster that secondary, specifically corner, even with Joey Porter Jr. having such a strong rookie year.
8: Quignon Mitchell put on an absolute show. Cornerback uh, out of Toledo. Uh, you watch him in the fall, and he's big, long, fast. A lot of pass breakups. can get a little handsy at times, but you know what? We used to say that about uh, Joey Porter Jr. coming yep. out of Penn State. And um, I do my little draft podcast with Rick Spielman. And he said, that's the easiest thing to fix. You have a good defensive backs coach, you can get rid of handsy players. You want guys who are aggressive. And Quentin Mitchell came in and was shutting guys down in one-on-one drills, shutting guys down in the team drills. He didn't play in the uh, game, nor did he need to play. But I think he's going to have a real push to be cornerback one off the board in in a pretty deep group of guys. He he was so much fun. And, And it's fun to see guys like that go out and absolutely ball out. Uh, there are a ton of guys that had good weeks. Cam Hart out of Notre Dame was a long corner, a little more straight line than than side to side in terms of comparing him to Quinion Mitchell. D.J. James and, and Nehemiah Pritchett both had good weeks out of Auburn. Um, I'm trying to think. Chris Abrams-Drain out of Missouri had a really good week. His teammate Ennis Rickstraw was supposed to play, but he, he opted out at the last minute. He's gotten some first-round buzz. But two um, really competitive and, and physical cornerbacks, even though they're not – Huge, and reminded me a little bit in terms of the physicality we saw from Devin Woodenspoon last year. Not that level of playmaking ability, but being slightly undersized, but not being afraid to run through a brick wall. Um, who else do we have there? Max Melton out of Rutgers, Bo, uh, Bo Melton's brother who plays for the Packers. He had a great week. Georgia had some dudes there. Tyke Smith uh, plays in a safety position, and then Javon Bullard plays a Nick uh, sort of role, and he, he's, he's a guy that I like as a top 40 pick. We'll see how it works out. A little undersized, but, but I love the edge with which he played. So there are a bunch of guys. like the wide receivers as they get better coming in from high school into the college ranks. Uh, same thing with the defensive backs. You have to cover these guys. And there are a lot of guys who are physical specimens. You can make plays on the ball.
0: Ryan Wilson, CBSSports.com. NFL draft analyst. We love having him on. He's a Carnegie Mellon guy, so you know he's got a big brain, and we'll do it again soon. Ryan, thank you. Thank you, guys.
1: It's draft season, baby. I'm ready for it. 72 days till the draft. Donnie, when does the
0: uh, weekly article from you go up on the fans' website about the draft? Are we doing that again? Any... I don't
1: know. Maybe. Uh, I got to talk to a few people about that.
0: Get a sponsor on that thing? We
1: need to get a spo- Sponsor this man. What are you talking about here? He's the ultimate football guy. You want your name attached to Donnie's draft breakdown. Just Fo- like you want your name attached to our PFF <laughs> mocks that we do. Fo- you could be the next Doug Kramer.
0: That very important sounding music means it is time for Donnie football's debrief. And it is brought to you by the farmer's dog. Fresh human grade dog food delivered right to your door. The debrief
3: February 13, 2024. I entered Joe Starkey's mailbag last night. He put out the tweet, I think, around 10 p.m. I wanted to fire a question off to him just to see what his list would look like, and he did not disappoint. My question to Joe was, where does Mitch Trubisky rank among worst free agent signings in Steelers history? Joe's response? He's up there or down there, as the case may be, Dr. Football. Here's the five worst in my not-so-humble opinion with a quick line on each. Number five, Melvin Ingram. He quit, which is never good. Number four, LeGarrette Blunt, He quit too. Number three, Ladarius Green. He might as well have quit. Number two, Jacoby Jones. Oh my god. Number one, Dante Moncrief. Had more drops than catches. And I wish I was kidding. So I guess Trubisky is somewhere in the 10 worst. Although guys like Todd Peterson and Sean Mayhan might have something to say about it. Mortifying Mitch was two and five with eight touchdowns and 10 picks. Just horrendous. And to think I was once the conductor of the Trubisky train. It's a disaster. The last line needed to be read.
1: It's a disaster. An unmitigated disaster. I'm trying to think if he missed any overt, like, guy was supposed to be a pretty big-time free agent and and stunk it up badly here. Donnie,
0: see if you can find a list of the biggest free agent signings by dollar by the Steelers. Like, give me the biggest moves they've made in terms of money invested in free agent players, because that will help me answer the question, because... Some of the guys that Joe included, like Melvin Ingram, yes, it's accurate. He did, in the middle of the season, say, I'm not practicing anymore. And the Steelers said, okay, we'll send you to a team that has a better chance of winning a Super Bowl than us, the Kansas City Chiefs. So that happened, but it was a one-year rental. You know, like, I don't look at a guy as a free agent bus when he gets signed for one year, say $5 million or something like that. Would you count
1: Jay Reemersma as one? He stunk.
0: Why is he on that list of biggest Ed, free agent Ed, contracts? Ed
1: Bouchette gave out the list. It made his own list three or no four years ago of the worst Steelers free agents. Oh, but we don't. We still don't have the money. One. No, but he went lit, one Green, two Blunt, three Peterson, four Sean Mahan, five Jay Reimersma. Another case, by the way, Ed points out of a guy who played well against the Steelers. Therefore, the Steelers said we must have him. Uh, Deuce Staley, who I think would have been good, but he constantly got hurt, and he was a professional sweatpants model by the end of it. Donnell Wolford, I'm Travis up. Davis in nineteen
0: ninety nine. Yikes! Off the top of my head, I think Sean. I think Stephen Nelson. I thought Stephen Nelson is one of their biggest fine. free agent signings of all he, time he, from a money standpoint. He might be
1: still the biggest. And I thought he was okay. He was solid.
0: Yeah, He's the he, best I can say about him.
1: But, I, but that doesn't make him a free agent bust he was a solid football player he liked himself what about uh Mike Mitchell one of your favorites
3: I, I can't really find anywhere with the financials of every guy
0: I think Mitchell was a 25 million dollar player yeah I, don't, I think that's a bad one like what's worse Ingram for one year or giving Mike Mitchell 20 something million dollars to be the safety that stands next five to years Paul Amalu, 25. 20,
1: 25 million 5.25 million guaranteed that was it so they guaranteed one year of the deal, like they always did back yep. then. And you you know a, who else
3: was a pretty bad you got
1: one? He t- got ten million, really overall. I
3: think he was able to be be hidden a little bit. Uh, Cam Thomas.
0: Oh boy, defensive tackle. That is the Chargers. A good one. I
3: forget what his price tag was, but I remember like kind of. No, I wouldn't say excited, but like, oh, okay, this guy was like has been a solid. I mean, are any math. of the
0: guys we're naming worse than Trubisky? No. How no, did I'm, Kent Graham get here? Was that a free agent signing or was that a trade?
1: I mean, I think like somebody left him here in a basket, like he was Moses. <laughs> it was a very big basket.
0: <laughs> it was outside the fire department, and they had to take him. <laughs> yeah, I thought Kent Graham was a free. He agent. was
1: a free agent. He's well, dude, horrible. How is that? He's horrible. How
0: is that? How is that better than some of the ones that Bouchette ranked? I think I always feel like the quarterback ones are much more important, and, and therefore, I you, when they flop.
1: It's They're an even deemed bigger a bigger deal. bust, yeah. And the the thing about what Ed said there, it's not like he doesn't have guys from Kent Graham's era. He has Donnell Wolford from 97. He's got uh, Travis Davis from 99. I'm 99% sure, yeah, you know what? Graham had to be a free agent because he had played long enough in the league. It wouldn't have been like somebody randomly traded a guy at 31 years old. And he went from
0: the, the, Giants. Gi- the Giants to the Steelers. That's he what went I Giants,
1: Cardinals, Giants, Steelers, played one more year for Washington. And that was it for Kent Graham. Ken Graham, was he on the, Graham the, by the way, is the worst player I've ever seen put on a Steelers uniform. Was he on
0: the 99 Giants or just the 98 Giants?
1: 98 and 99.
0: He yep. was 5-1 and one in 98. And he beat the undefeated Broncos that year. They were, I think, 13-0 and 0 when he beat them. That Kent, was his claim to fame. Kent Graham started... This almost just like seems like a misprint.
1: He started five games for the Steelers. Okay. In total, he threw one touchdown. He threw one interception and he threw for 878 yards. So his averages. Now granted, this is cuz he ended up technically appearing, it said, you know, 12 games. He averaged 73 yards a game passing. He is when I think of like the bleakest time of my life being a Steelers fan, I think of Kent Graham's five starts.
0: He is one of the worst players I, I have ever seen. I do to go back to Joe's, I do think Moncreef needs to be on the list for the exact reason he stated like he was a decently priced free agent people thought he'd be good and he couldn't catch he couldn't do the number one part of his job he literally couldn't catch a ball
1: i remember you know what he reminds me of and i didn't say this but i probably have the same feeling one of my most infamous takes is the penguins biggest difference maker this year going into whatever random season it was will be russian import sergey plotnikov pony pony's blast blast from the i past. know I remember feeling the same way about Moncrief. People knew a little about him. I said, this guy's going to really unlock something for the Steelers. He sucked. I mean, he... But
0: Well, I thought this was a clickbait thing. Maybe it still is. But then when I read the article and saw the second line, I'm like, okay. Really? Uh, Channel 11 News. The city of Pittsburgh is exploring whether it could support a professional basketball team. Pittsburgh Sports and Exhibition Authority has agreed to pay a consulting firm $90,000 for a feasibility study. We got into the wrong line of work, me and you. Now, I know that $90,000 doesn't go a long way anymore, and as far as what uh, municipalities and cities spend on things, that's kind of a drop in the bucket. It's not a huge expenditure. Yeah, if you look at the city of Pittsburgh budget,
1: that's not some massive amount of money by any stretch.
0: It's, but still... It's an
1: infinitesimal amount for a city of this size. I just want to know why we're not running the consulting firm that's getting paid ninety grand a project. Me and you could just do a couple Google searches, return Pittsburgh's metro population and say, hey, we really worked on this feasibility study. The answer is no.
0: The study would look at the demand, the demand for an NBA team in Pittsburgh
1: so what it's really doing then is not looking at the feasibility of it from a necessarily like a, a corporate dollars, which is always a huge thing. Well, then
0: it gets into that, though. It says it will also examine the potential okay. economic benefits of bringing the team to Pittsburgh.
1: Basic demand, I will say this much. Sometimes I like to take shots at the, at the general, not the listening audience so much, but I like to jab Pittsburgh and point out that for all the flack we get, if we even mention the NBA – The fact of the matter is the ratings usually do very well here, especially if it's like a a very prominent NBA final series with teams people care about. If it's a Celtics Lakers or the Celtics Warriors or something, people give a crap about it and they watch. Um, I do think that there are people here that like the NBA, but man, it still feels like a big stretch to me that you would have a, a base of fans that would support anything other than an immediate winner. Like, you'd have to bring in an expansion team that somehow got like a LeBron-level lottery ticket or a Crosby to use that for the Penguins and have that team be good instantly. Or else I think interest would wane severely. And that's, that's me completely talking about this in a vacuum and not even against the backdrop of there are three other teams in town at that point. But I am of the belief you'd have to have an immediate winner to even have a prayer of sustaining
0: it. I just our footprint is so small. Like, where would people drive from and come from to watch an NBA team in Pittsburgh? Erie. There's already. Well, our, how far is Erie to Cleveland? Two hours. Same deal. It's okay. Like, potato. Pota- Youngstown.
1: I'm. I'm. I'm Buffalo's closer to Toronto West than Vi- it is here. Are there I mean, West Virginia hoops fans who like basketball enough that they're going to come up from Morgantown? What's that population like? Ninety thousand down there. Th- th- like that's. Johnstown, that's State part, College.
0: That's part of the Pirates problem with like where they generate money and where they get revenue from. Like it's just the population here is one thing, but then like how much does it extend off of that? The Steelers don't have that problem because it's the NFL and everybody makes millions in the NFL, billions in the NFL. and
1: There's a team uh, in Green
0: Bay for God's yeah, sake. It, right, and also they were so good 50 years ago that they've – produced fans that are all over the world I mean this would be we'd be getting somebody else's team eventually who would relocate here or the NBA would pick of all of the options that they have Pittsburgh they don't have a team in Nashville they don't have a team in Kentucky where there's a ton of basketball fans they don't have a team in
1: Columbus gets mentioned all the time in does it well I remember here's why I bring that up David Stern when he was still alive was asked something about, like, name a handful. Just, you don't have to zero in on He did say one.
0: Pittsburgh in that situation because we had just built the arena here. Right,
1: name a hand. Well, he's, he was a smart businessman. Name a handful of cities, though. And Louisville beat that, built, built, beat? No, they built that Yum Center down there with the idea that it's an NBA-style arena for that basketball program with the idea that maybe they could attract a team. I think he mentioned Columbus. Um, I want to say Baltimore might have been in there, too. If you were talking about medium, like, roughly this size market... Baltimore has way more of like a high school basketball yeah, and basketball footprint tradition. You, you have listen to, to me like I'm talking about. They don't a have the, the
0: palestra. Yeah, they, they don't, don't. They, they don't, don't have Central Catholic's gym. They don't have an arena. But they, they could, have,
1: But you can always build one. I mean, if you think that like you really are going to be able to support it. I guess my point though is Pittsburgh. Just it would be I think when you go into the metro population that so it would count seven county metro here. That's what they always do for metropolitan statistical. I didn't area. know that. The seven so are the seven counties. Uh, I think it's for some reason Armstrong. I think it's left out, so it'd be Armstrong
0: but- gets thrown out of there. Wow.
1: <clears throat> Butler or maybe it's Green. Butler, Beaver, Allegheny, Washington, Fayette, Westmoreland, and then it's either Armstrong or Green, and I don't remember which. Okay, Donnie, you have a preference there? Got to take Armstrong. I think. What's Green County bring to the table? I mean, I went to college in <laughs> Green County, baby. Okay. <laughs> and you got your Carmichaels down there. You got your what? Mapleton. Maple Town. Maple Town, sorry, not Maple Hey, they Town. had a
0: memorable football season a couple of years
1: ago. They had that kid who was a crazy running back. Mm-hmm. But my point is, I think you go and you do look up the population. I want to say it's Denver or Minneapolis. I want to say Denver is the smallest metro area by population to support a major four team in each of the four sports. And they still have, like, in greater Denver, a million more people here. A million. And they're the only game in town in the sense that, like, name me a huge city within even, like, 300 miles of Denver. I think Albuquerque's further than that. God, the
0: airport feels like it's an hour away from the city. Right, it's in Western
1: Kansas, for God's sake. You've got Salt Lake City, long ways off. You've got Phoenix, long ways off. You've got Vegas, it's far away. Albuquerque, far away. Like, Oklahoma City, all the cities in Kansas City, right? Like, Denver's just there on kind of an island. It's by far Look the biggest where these area. where sports
0: leagues have gone to grow their game. They've gone to Vegas, which is Sun Belt. the entertainment capital of the world. Seattle, which is a huge, growing city. They went back there with the team. Like, I, you're going to grow your sport and bring it to new places, and you pick Pittsburgh. A nice, proud Rust Belt town like us. I mean, I just don't. Like, why isn't Buffalo then getting mentioned for this Right. Well, I but the the, your, the the overall point of trying to trying to support two winner sports teams at the same time,
1: Cleveland can't just, do it, and it's a similarly sized area.
0: Yeah, I just feel like that's a that's a that's a losing proposition. it so, would, it, it, it would be detrimental to both teams. It would be hard for either one to succeed when they're competing for. People's money around here. You'd have to have to
1: At the same time. St- a massive corporate influx of interest. Uh, so Denver, 2.97 million people in the area. That's 600,000 more than here, and they are the smallest. People probably think Minneapolis-St. Paul isn't that big. It's almost, three, it's almost three and three quarters million people. Like, that's a big area, Minneapolis, to support one in every four. Just looking at towns that don't have four that are similar in size. Here's another one, Pony. Does anyone ever say, like, hey, we can bring St. Louis a fourth team? No. And St. Louis has almost... Well, they
0: only have two now because the football team left. But you know but what I, I mean? You. Like, yeah. a,
1: okay, even a third team. St. Louis has 500,000 more people than does Pittsburgh. Like, where they would draw from, they only have two. Like, I
0: just... I think the NBA would go to a city like Austin, Texas, that has no professional sports teams and try mm-hmm. to, like, grow that market well, I've, before I've still, they came here.
1: I've still wondered why... why, um, And I don't think it could be that UT is just such a big deal down there. I know it is, but... I still can't figure out why a baseball team hasn't tried to go to Austin and why an NBA team probably at the very bare minimum. Austin, Austin, Texas, what do you think it is? We're 2.3 million people here because the population really is I'm going to say
0: 3.1. No? Smaller?
1: Uh, greater Austin, Texas, uh, 2.3 million. It's so about Pittsburgh. I overshot
0: it a little bit. Actually, I overshot
1: it but a it, lot. But it's growing very rapidly. Like, it is still a place where, like, people want I, to move.
0: I don't I don't want to make this turn too political, but it might. I, I
1: mean,
0: know that these things do not come from the same budgets, so it's not like I'm spending money on one thing and literally taking it away from something else. Yes. But I just get so frustrated when I'm driving in here, and I'm within, like, city limits, and I'm driving on the highway, and I see, like, garbage. I see litter all over the place, and it annoys me, and it irritates me that it... it like, but is that he, in the city? Yeah, I'm saying within the city limits, let's say. Okay. And I see this. And then I find out that they're spending $90,000 for a study that we know what the result is going to be. I mean, even if the result was, yeah, hell yeah. Do it. We could get an NBA team here. It's still not happening. It's not Correct. like this would go right to the commissioner. What's his name? Adam Silver? Yes. Oh, wow. They they commissioned a study in Pittsburgh? They want an NBA team. Get... Uh, Get their mayor on the line right now. Tell them we'll have them, we'll, we'll get him one by 2027. That's not how this stuff works.
1: It's more likely that there's an NBA team in Shanghai than one in Pittsburgh.
0: There's Yes, there's a better chance there's one in Mexico City in 10 years than there is here. There's a better chance
1: that another Canadian city would get a team.
0: It's almost it's, it's almost like, well, we've got all this money sitting around and we have to spend it on something. So does anybody have any like... This is why
1: I started this by saying, why didn't you and I, we're smart guys, we can work hard, we're also just gl- very naturally gifted BSers, which is what a lot of consultants do. Why did we not start, start a consulting firm on the side?
3: If it is purely for an NBA franchise, could it also be... Like to explore, like how many how many cities have G League teams? Um, like, like which cities do those go to? No, I think I Austin really had a team it a like bunch. in that.
0: I, I thought, think I think every NBA team has a G League affiliate, so I would think there's thirty of them. But like, what what if the thought was
3: like they the NBA expands, they put a team in a like bigger city, and like could Pittsburgh be a G League location? Well, here's or like, what's weird.
1: So the Cleveland charge right now, Cleveland's team, you would think that we would be the logical, that would be the team we'd, t- we'd be tied to, right, two hours away. They have a G League
0: team. In Cleveland? It just says they're the Cleveland charge. So they must play, like, in a smaller facility there. I would, I mean. Charge I very little for tickets and let people watch, like, their I would maybe imagine. future players. Yeah,
1: they play in the, uh, what's the Wolstein Center? Yeah, that's where Cleveland
0: State plays. Okay, so yeah. I just, th- I just think it's so... The fact that you know that, by the way, is sickening But even what Donnie just said about, like, uh, like a basically the equivalent of a triple-A NBA team. Mm-hmm. I also think that would be such a non-starter for people, people here. People would rather
1: just watch Pitt.
0: Because we're a pro, that, that, but we're also, we're a pro, we're a big league town. And I just think that any minor league team, look at them. They just have a very low success rate here. They're they tried u- to make a CBA team here with the
1: Pittsburgh Piranhas. They va- very famously lost to the Yakima Sun Kings because Eldridge Raasner—don't ask me how I know this—was the Sun King's best player and just cooked them in the mid '90s. And I don't—they played at the Civic Arena back when it wasn't as big of a deal that you had to have some state-of-the-art like Barclays Center type place. And granted, I was a kid back then. I think they got like a couple thousand very interested rowdy people there for the finals of the entire Continental Basketball Association. But that's like that's like a, a Duquesne. Sellout crowd yeah. that we're talking here. That, the scale of things. And there were guys in that game who did end up playing in the NBA even a little bit. I, you're right about that. You're very right. Like, it even is a if the major Penguins, league town.
0: Even if the Penguins had left for Hamilton, Ontario, or Kansas City, or something like that, and we had built the arena, I still don't think an NBA team would have come well, here.
1: Well, that, that's the only way in which I think it would have happened, is there's a brand new s- state-of-the-art arena I think there would have been a major push by the NHL to get a franchise back here lickety-split the way there was to get Cleveland a football team again. Yeah,
0: that that would have happened before we got...
1: But the only actual chance is that somehow fails for whatever reason, and some highly motivated person, like, say, Mark Cuban, would have come
0: in and said, actually, I want to own a basketball team. Pro Football Focus thought Brock Purdy was better than Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. So I understand if people want to take everything that comes from PFF with a grain of salt, they also thought that Miles Garrett was better than T.J. Watt this year. That is Brad... I always want to say Weisberger. That is Brad Spielberger. Who is Brad
1: Weisberger? I don't know. Isn't there like a burned a made Weisberger? Up character? There's a Weisberger that plays like tennis or something, and I know you like following and betting on tennis. Or there's a golfer named like Burned Weisberger or
0: something like that. Donnie, look up if there's any Weisbergers in sports. But that's Brad Spielberger, yes, who goes on the morning show, who said today that Justin Fields is the best athlete at the quarterback position in the entire NFL, and he included Lamar Jackson in there. The arm, the best deep ball thrower, cannon arm, he's got a thousand-yard rushing season.
1: I think he's weirdly straight line faster than Jackson. Like, every time I've watched him, I've I've said, that guy, if he gets running downhill straight-line, looks even faster than Lamar does. Athleticism. So, you know I like these NFL.com Lance Zierline breakdowns, right? We have a nice standardized thing to kind of uh, go off of. Athleticism score, 99, number one in his combine. Would you like to know what Josh Allen's was, just for comp's sake? Since he's a guy that gets, I'll I'll do Allen, and I will do Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen, NFL scouting combine prospect profile, athleticism score only. That's all I'm giving you here on Josh Allen. 74. Oh, no, that's the wrong Josh Allen, of course. You pulled up the Jags guy? I pulled up the Jags guy. Yes, I did. All right. Anyway, the point is, though, I do think most of this rings true. He's very fast in the open field. Like, he looks like a four-four guy. He's pretty strong-looking, too. Like, he's not, he's solidly built. He's 230, basically. And so he's not that much smaller than Najee Harris, right? And he also does throw a gorgeous deep ball. Like, when he lets one go in rhythm and in sync, it looks very pretty, and it finds the mark a fair amount of the time.
0: Yeah, so Adam Schefter said yesterday that Mike Tomlin is a big fan of Justin Fields. The odds for where Fields will play next year completely changed. The power of Schefter, the second that happened, the odds were uh, in a frenzy, in a tizzy. And right now, the Steelers are minus 125 to land fields. For people that don't understand betting, that, would, that means you'd have to bet $125 to, to win 100. There's a better chance than 50-50, according to the odds makers, that Fields will be the Steelers' quarterback next year. And it would be such a change, such a 180 from Pickett, because with Kenny, it's like, hey, he doesn't have all these tangible things. He doesn't have all these tools, but he's got the intangibles. Like every time Tomlin talks about Kenny, it's about his work ethic and how hard he tries and how bad he wants it and football justice and all of those things. And here is a guy that does not have great results yet, but is has all the... like. Tomlin would talk about fields, and it would be the exact opposite-sounding conversation. Look how fast he runs. Look how far he throws the ball. Look at how he moves. And I, I would...
1: I'd rather bet on that guy, by yeah, the way, so, for the record. I would just rather bet on that. So
0: would I. I mean, it's disconcerting that it hasn't translated yet for him. You know, like he has this big, he has this array of talent, he has this array of skills, and it hasn't gotten him anywhere yet. That yeah. That is a little bit alarming. That's why, he, that's part of the reason why he's available. The, the much bigger reason why he's available is because Caleb Williams is out there with the number one pick, and uh, the Bears GM is a guy that came from Kansas City and uh, was there when they drafted Mahomes. So he's not going to, he's not going to pass on that opportunity. Uh, so... I just that this is this is this conversation is transferred from or changed from people spitballing about what might be like a fantasy type move the Steelers can make to something that seems more and more realistic because the coach has a, a, an interest in the player and really, frankly, there's also just not a, not a lot of not a lot of teams who look like they're viable destinations for fields this offseason.
1: Well, yeah, because they'll just take a guy. The teams that really need one are gonna draft one. How many other teams New England,
0: Washington, Atlanta is in the top ten.
1: How many other teams fit the Steelers Denver. profile of the as follows? Clearly could use a quarterback. Whether the Steelers I know Tomlin said our quarterback for next year's on the roster. Coaches lie constantly. Um how many other teams truly do need a quarterback upgrade and are picking where the Steelers will pick this
0: year? So really, teams that made the playoffs last year—you're asking me, like teams yep. that were Play, in look last at playoff year's playoffs, teams. None. I mean, the team that might be the closest to them standing wise is uh, would be the Raiders or the Vikings. Okay, but teams that made the playoffs,
1: Tampa—they're going to keep Mayfield one way or another. Stroud, obviously, Watson's pot committed there. Jackson, Allen, Tua, Tua, Prescott, Hurts golf you know what I'm saying here Yeah, I do not one of those teams needs a quarterback it's why like people I think sometimes think that we're like we're pulling this stuff out of thin air it's really just connecting basic dots here that's all it is and we know that Mike Tomlin liked the player a lot we know that the Steelers clearly could use help there and now people who are more connected than either of us are are saying that this is not something people should be sleeping on.
0: So how about this being pulled from the abyss? Jerry Dulac, on the night of the uh, 2021 draft, April 29th, 2021, he said this, I don't expect Justin Fields to drop to to number 24. Not at all. That's pure speculation. But if he does, and Najee Harris is off the board, well, the Steelers like him as much as any quarterback in the draft. And then for added emphasis, he said again, any. Can I call a timeout there? The implication
1: of that tweet that is so insane is that they would take Nashi Harris over
0: a quarterback. I'm
1: sorry. My brain didn't even hear the rest of it once I processed the fact that he was saying if Harris and Fields are both there, they would just take a running back. They
0: would draft for need, immediate need first. And then if that player who plays a fungible position where the running backs on championship teams oh, make very little money is gone. Can you imagine
1: if they had done that? They had gotten to him, right? They had pick, They had both guys somehow available to them. They pick Harris, then the Jags pick next so they wouldn't have taken uh, Fields. They would have already taken Trevor Lawrence. The next team on the list that needs a quarterback takes Fields and he's already excelling. You think you'd be mad at Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert. Buddy boy, I'd be at everyone's house, and I would be out there banging on the door every day. When are you going to resign for this injustice? I'd be that
0: mad. Maybe not quite that mad, but you get my point. I'll just ask this rhetorically to you guys, and it pains me to say this because I was a Kenny guy, but Donnie, what do you think Kenny Pickett does better than Justin Fields?
3: I mean, the only thing that people will be able to pull out of this is the late-game heroics. Win okay. fo- they'll say he wins right. more football yeah, games yeah, okay, I'll, and, and, they, I'll, and they and they will and they will jump to the, the record.
0: Yeah, but I'll will I'll 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 concede that. So Kenny has come through in in clutch moments of the game or big moments of the game in the NFL better than Fields has.
1: Does he run better than Justin Fields? No. Does he throw a better ball than Fields? I don't think so. Does he is he sturdier than Justin Fields? Built, You know, in terms of durability.
0: Neither one is particularly durable, but no. I think he's slightly more accurate. Does he read the field better? I don't think so.
1: Has he had a season with that's a That's recei- another one that's up in the air. Has he had a season with a receiver like Fields has had with DJ Moore?
0: No. No. I mean, they both, no doubt, have, were hurt by the offenses they played and in the coordinators they had. They both got bad coaching. That's why we're in this spot with Kenny and Fields is looked at as far from an unfinished problem. He he was coming off a solid year as like
3: a number three guy. Uh That's what made it so much worse. Almost 700
1: yards until you take a shower. That's cost of doing business, man.